The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips, and on this show, we'll be turning up the psychological perspective on many life issues. As the former host of Psych Up on Crisozo Radio, I joined with terrific guests to host 73 shows. This show is different because it includes you in the conversation. This is Psych Up Live. I welcome you to listen in, call in, and comment at one 866 472 5788. You know, there's little doubt from what we know about ourselves, our friends, people in the media, people we've lived with, family members, that marriage is not always easy. And in fact, infidelity is real. A rough estimate of 30 to 40 percent of men and women report having been with someone other than their marital partner. What we don't understand well enough is why, and we don't understand how marriages can be saved. You're going to hear a lot about that today. We're very, very fortunate to have as our guest, M. Gary Newman. Gary Newman is a marriage expert, psychotherapist, the author of seven books, and the creator of the Sandcastles Program for Children of Divorce, and his main program, the Newman Method Online Program for Marriages. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and when I mentioned to people Um, that Gary was going to be our guest today. They said, oh, I know Gary Newman. I've seen him on Oprah. I've seen him on the Today Show. So you're very fortunate, and we're very fortunate to have him. He's been on the media a great deal. In fact, Oprah calls him one of the best psychotherapists in the world. With that as our backdrop, I'm Gary Newman. Welcome to Psych Up Live. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me again. Now, Gary, I know one of the things I like so much about your work is that your programs are based on research. Let's start with the issue of marital infidelity, affairs. What is it? What do you find to be the reason men have affairs? And what's the reason women have affairs? I know it's not often what we think. Well, it isn't, and the research that I did as a therapist for 28 years is I really wanted to get into the trenches, as I do with people, and compare you know, healthy and successful relationships with failed relationships. So in each of my research projects, one with men and women, we compared men who cheated with people who remained faithful, and the same with women. And we found some fascinating things that really exploded a lot of myths. The number one thing is that men are not cheating for sex. of the men who cheated said that it was largely emotional dissatisfaction at home compared to only 8% that said it was sexual. So Mm -hmm. what we started to find was that this concept that just everyone wants sex and that's what's driving every male cheating um, is untrue. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, the men said, 88% of the cheaters said that the mistress was not better looking or in better shape than their spouse. Right, so this right. idea that you have to be, you know, unbelievable in sex, gotta, you got to have a PhD in sexology to keep your <laughs> husband home is untrue. It really was about the emotions. And men and women who cheated both lined up largely in the same kind of place 
part of what is missing so much, some of the most simplest things in marriages is feeling underappreciated and not communicating. So the underappreciation really struck me. So many men and women said that they just felt like they couldn't win in their relationship. And, and I want to be very clear that never am I trying to uh, say that the victim is to blame. These are not saying, these are just honest conclusions that I was trying to help people understand that to make a marriage drive well and thrive, we have to learn from people who, you know, messed up and failed in their relationships. So the more appreciative, the more time we put into our relationships, that really keeps relationships happy and together. Now, Gary, I wonder if you've seen this other aspect of that, because I completely have seen over 35 years what you're speaking about, the feeling of not being respected, the feeling of not being um, appreciated. The next step, though, is nobody talks about it or knows how to talk about it. So it festers, and everyone misreads the other's response as rejection rather than lack of feeling um, not appreciated. Correct, and and I think that was the big message for men is that you know, women are able to say to their husbands, I need a hug, I need to be appreciated, I need some love. You know, for men, it's not so easy, right? It's not manly to go over to your wife and say, honey, I need a hug, right? That's, that's weak. So right. what I think women misunderstand is that, you know, men through sexuality, through lots and lots of things, they're trying to feel appreciated and feel connected. But what women, what women taught me through the failed and successful marriages was we learned that women who spent on average 30 minutes a day talking uninterrupted to their spouse were happier and happy, satisfied women as opposed to people less than 30 minutes. So what we learned was, you know, everyone's talking about communication and how to do it and when to do it. It's really all a matter of just making the time to do it with consistency. And if you do that, then you suddenly learn why you fell in love in the first place and you get back that rhythm. But so many marriages are so disjointed because they're not even talking and communicating. And if they have a few minutes, it's just about the have-tos and everything that's going wrong. So when I tell people, you have to talk uninterrupted for 30 minutes. They all look at me open mouth like, 30 minutes a day, I mean, it's like another job to me. Right. Uninterrupted. Imagine people putting away their cell phones and everything that they're texting for 30 minutes. It's, it's become impossible today. I, I had a woman who said to me that I, she went into Victoria's Secret and she said, I really want you to dress me in something that will really make my husband pay attention to me. Do you have anything that will make me look like a cell phone? You know, that was the idea. (laughs) We can't even imagine shutting it down. And we have to do that for our marriages, just like we have to for our businesses, for our children. If we don't shut off the world and turn on our marriage and give it that time, we can't even get started. Well, one thing that, and I know our our listeners are going to hear about your method, one part of, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for a minute, So I can imagine some of the people I've worked with saying, when I say to them, have you told her how you feel? They'll tell me, oh, no, it'll make matters worse. Or if I start to speak, she'll never stop speaking. Or I'll end up blamed. So there is, Gary, an association with speaking with the famous we have to talk, meaning I'm women are going to criticize men, or if the man does bring up a topic, she's going to go off and not let it go. So I know, and that's what I like about your method, we somehow have to reframe and redefine what talking for 30 minutes even means. Yes, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned it because people have mistaken that to me. We have to sit for 30 minutes a day and talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be talking about feelings for 30 minutes a day. Right. I mean, you know, listen, when you got married and you fell in love or you, you know, got together, you weren't constantly talking about feelings. You were talking right. about feelings through talking about life, politics and religion right. and the movies and the music you like and stuff. You know, that all explains 
expresses who we are and tells a lot about who we are. So when people have been disjointed and come back together, the initial feeling is, well, now we got 30 minutes. I, this is my chance to sit down and tell her or him what it is that I can't stand and what's been upsetting me. Don't do that because nobody's sitting leaving that conversation says, oh, great, let's do this every night. So it's really a matter of saying, look, our problems are here, and the answer to them is not going to be some newly skilled little technique that we learn in, in Newman's book. It's going to be about the concept of redeveloping and reinitiating a marriage-centered lifestyle. Let's get back to just talking and sharing and knowing about each other. It is true. Okay, so let's that, just, let's yeah. for a minute, Gary, consider those people, it could be the woman or the man, it's become clear that there's been an affair. Now, after that, we know we see trust issues, we see rage, blame, heartache. On either side, there is sometimes the urge to, let's just get back together, you know, make up to break up, break up to make up. We're not talking at all. We, we don't even know anything to say. How do we bridge those folks? First of all, who should save their marriage? And how do we help those folks get to what you're talking about? Sure. So I tell people that when I look at a couple to think about how to help them and whether they can be helped, I don't tell people what to do, but I say I'm an odds maker. I can look at certain symptoms and I can tell you whether there's good or poor chances that this marriage is going to work and that this person is going to cheat or not cheat ever again. And here are the things that you must have as ingredients once somebody has cheated. Number one, you have to have earnest, truthful remorse from the person cheating. Now, you think, well, obviously, I got news for you that very often um, people are not so remorseful or they're remorseful for a week. You know, it's been two weeks and she's still upset. He still wants to look through my text. <laughs> you know, come on already, you know. Um, I'm not a dog on a leash or whatever, you know. So it, it's important to realize that true remorse you can see it when it's there. You really right. can. Um, the next thing has to be that the person has to be willing to change their lifestyle. So, for example, in my study, I found that 77% of male cheaters had best friends who had cheated as compared to less than half of faithful men. So mm. this means that, you know, our surroundings, right, uh, they, they are conducive to some of the things that we do, positive or negative. If you're a cheater, you know, what are you going to say to your spouse that you're going to do different? Well, obviously, you have to make sure that we've completely ended it with the other person. That's not always so simple. We have to make sure that the system that encouraged it or allowed it has to change. Yes, you have to be an open book. You have to be on a short leash for a little while. If you're bucking that, you're fighting that, well, how, how remorseful do you, how much can you really be sensitive to what you've done to the, to the situation and to your spouse and likely to your children? Mm-hmm. Now, once you can perceive that, the next thing is that the person really has to understand, really both people really have to understand what was happening in their marriage that led up to this circumstance. Because, right. again, in my study... Uh, about 89% of the people, um, they wanted to remain faithful, they planned to remain faithful, things went wrong. So often you can find in a marriage that there was a lot of disconnect. Um, a lot of people make an, an, a very unfortunate mistake. They have children, the children are young, and they say to themselves, look, you know, I'm a parent, the children, you know, when the children are older, we'll be closer together. Right. Recipe right. for disaster, right, Suzanne? Right. So... So being able for both parties to say what went wrong in our marriage and what do we have to do to now build a marriage that's going to be a lot better and a lot sturdier. And that is something, you know, those three things, you know, I hope they don't sound simple. They aren't because obviously there's a lot of hurt and a lot of trust and a lot of pain. So it's not so easy. You know, the first thing is not for the cheater to look at his or her spouse and say, well, let's talk about what you're going to do to make the marriage better. No, no, no. That's down the road. First thing is, how remorseful and sensitive are you to what you have done to this union and to this family? And why is it that you've sabotaged 
your life and your family at this point. Gotta be yearning to have that insight. If there's a cavalier attitude on the part of the cheater, then there's likely it's gonna, there's gonna be cheating again. And too often, like you said, a lot of victims of cheating, they're so, their heads have spun around so much, they're angry, they're hurt, and they're so afraid of what could happen next that as long as they get a little apology, what can I do? They get back together and then they feel like they're slammed in the back of their head a couple years later when they mm-hmm. find out that either it continued or it has started again. Well, the, what you're suggesting, which is the remorse that is authentic and clear, you, you want, I mean, to be able to forgive and be forgiven is a big piece of the marital bond. At some point, sometimes I'm with the victim or the, the person who feels they've been cheated on, and they will not let go of suspicions going through people's emails, phones, and that becomes their way of re- allaying their anxiety, which is lethal in the repair of a marriage. So it takes both having a little bit of faith to believe that something good can happen and then acting into it in a different way. And I know you're going to be talking about those methods, but we can have someone imprisoned for life because of the affair once they've shown remorse and they're making amends and they're trying to think of what and where it happened and what they risked. We have to have a little play on both sides. Yeah, it's true. Um, You know, one of the mistakes that a victim of cheating makes is wanting to know so much information that they create more and more of a visualization that becomes impossible for them to get out of their head. Mm -hmm. So I do mention... You know, in my program, what are the the can and cannot ask that you don't want to? So the questions that you do want to ask are, are you still in love with her or him? Are you still seeing them? Uh, What have you done to stop it? You know, uh, is there a number in your, your, you know, uh, book? Is it in the phone? You know, all these kinds of questions. Those are allowable because you have to know. But, you know, what undercolor underwear did she wear? Did she, he or she do this or that? You know, that becomes... A, a bad way to go. It's a bad road to go down. Now, I believe that a cheater ultimately, if you know, he or she has to answer ultimately if that's the what it's got to be. But it is, like you said, a bit of a problem. So there is this this concept of as time goes on, you stop searching and being a you know a, a PI. Um, but at the same time, Suzanne, you know, if I'm cheated on, it's going to take a while for me to really really that's- have that sense of trust. Absolutely. We're going to have to take a brief break. But you know when they say time heals? Yes. Not just time, but we can heal in the course of time if we're really going ahead with certain steps. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Psych Up Live. And today we're with marriage expert, media psychotherapist, M. Gary Newman. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. 
you can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. I'm Suzanne Phillips, and we're here talking about marriages with M. Gary Newman. We were just talking about how does a couple come back together when they want to go forward after the rupture of an affair, how we need time, we say, for remorse, we need time to rebuild the trust. But the next question, Gary, is when we ask couples to look at their marriage and look at their role in it, how do they even do that? Yeah, it's a great question, Suzanne, because it's hard for people to discuss once they've been through such, uh, you know, such a difficult time. So, you know, in my program, uh, Create Your Best Marriage, the online program that you referred to before, you know, we have a workbook, and in it we talk about specific questions to get couples talking about the real important items that we've learned from research that they must wrap their heads around and start discussing. And too often there's a lack of discussion in marriages and then when we don't talk about stuff, it just gets worse. So, for example, we do introduce, you know, about sexuality, you know, what's going on there, you know, what is it that we want. Let's have a conversation about it. We talk about the time that we spend together. You know, the number one uh, complaint about women is that, you know, he doesn't make enough time for me. We don't go out enough. Um, we don't feel like we have the time to connect. Um, it was interesting when we uh, surveyed and researched uh, women that when we talked about happy women, the ones who were satisfied, they reported having sex 10 times a month on average, an average monthly, you know, 10 times. Women who were, said they were in an unhappy marriage, less than half of that mm-hmm. amount. So we saw that, you know, the happier people are, the more connected they are emotionally, the more sexuality they have, the more fun and the more experiential it is. So getting people back to the table and saying, okay, now let's start to build this marriage little by little is really the answer. When you talk about trust, it's always the biggest question, how am I ever going to trust him or her, the cheater, again? And I always say, look, you know, we're not yet, maybe soon, able to put a video, you know, cam on the forehead of the cheater for the rest of, you know, the rest of their lives. Um, But the real way we build trust is by developing a closer relationship than we ever had before so that you really feel close. In other words, a healthy relationship. You know, sometimes my wife married 28 years now. So sometimes in our relationship, you know, we start to feel a little distant. And my wife and I will say, hey, you know, we feel a little out of groove. You know, let's Let's go away. Let's grab a dinner. Let's just spend an hour at Starbucks. Let's do something, you know. But if I'm so disconnected, so many of these relationships are, I don't even feel when people are pulling away. You know, the idea that people can go so far is cheating, and our lives are so disconnected that we really can't feel the pull means that we, we lost a connection in the marriage for a long time already. So the real trust comes back when we develop a healthier, closer relationship so that we can feel each other movement through life. And one of the things I tell couples when they start, like sometimes they'll start a comparison between the person they had the affair with and their partner in a couple session, is I'll remind them that they acted differently. They listened to that person. They made that person feel special. They looked for things for that person and them to do. That note that they left, the text that they sent, that's what's not happening in the marriage. That, and one of the things about your questionnaire in your program that when I pictured couples, okay, a man and a woman are sitting in front of me, and she says, well, you know our marriage is not okay. And he's, not, he's saying, well, 
what, what do you mean? I mean, I know what, so I'm not do- what am I not doing right now? And yet, if they both equally had to think about, do you ever put your partner first? How much time do you spend talking together? How much time do you really spend participating in activities you both like? When you really delineate it the way you do, people start to think better about, oh, yeah, that's who we used to be. Yeah, and, and interesting, Suzanne, I think some couples don't even know that that's the way it was ever supposed to be. The mm. idea, you know, of let's develop, let's become a part of each other's passions. You know, there's this, this terrible problem of people saying, well, you like that so much, I don't. You just go ahead and do it. Do it right. as much as you want. Really? Now, you're going to have your spouse do something passionately outside of the marriage regularly. Well, that could be okay, but then again, he or she might likely find a person the opposite sex who shares that passion when they're out there. Right. I can't tell you how many people, right, find their jogging partner, tennis partner, you know, some hobby that they're doing that, you know, that becomes the object of their affection. You know, but your, your point was so well, so well made before um, when it was saying that, you know, we act differently in different relationships. And very often we have to remind people who cheated that, you know, yes, you know, you were different and that person was different. You were bringing time and experience. I'll often say to the cheater, how much time? How much, look at your texts. You know, there's usually in a week there's like, you know, 800, you know, and <laughs> how much time did you see them? Oh, we went out to, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, guess what? If you did that with your spouse, I bet right. you'd be pretty happy having a pretty good, good marriage, too. So mm-hmm. that really um, becomes the heart of saying that, okay, we can learn from our mistakes, we can get through this misery, um, but only if uh, we really have a resurgence of now we know what's right and where we have to go to make this marriage solid. Mm-hmm. I would say again, but for some couples, it's for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me mention one other thing, Suzanne, because I think it's so important to people. You know, I, there's a, a, a dirty little secret I call of marriage um, that really nobody wants to talk about. And that is that, you know, marriages tend to falter and begin their failure, believe it or not, around the birth of the first child. Right. Now, people don't like to say it. People don't want to blame children. No one's blaming a child. But, you know, until we have a child... We can be neurotic. We can pretty much hang out together and make things work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's when we have that child and our roles change and our obligations become so heavy that people, unless they're not now saying, I have to make this marriage work, i got to work at this relationship, just like I have to work at every other relationship, you know? i got to put energy into it or else it's going to go away. And that's something that when we have children, we feel the children come first, Everything's about them, our career. Now we have to make money to support the whole family. And unfortunately, the idea of, of really focusing on our marriage is, you know, kind of like what? You know, when we have time and we never have time. And that's something that we could get across to people to have them change that attitude. We can be great parents and solid enough, but we must make sure that we find that time to be able to focus on our marriage, whatever that means to us personally. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen it on all ends. I've seen it when a new baby's born, of course, the first baby. And I've also seen it for older couples when an elderly parent has to come who's ill and live with them. Then we have a rupture in their bond. And that's where what you're saying makes so much sense. Can you still find ways to find each other? And I don't even mean sexually, when you're sleep deprived when someone else is really absorbing a great deal of one or the other's needs, how do you hold on? And it does, right. it's more quality than quantity. But if there's a determination, even in the nonverbal rolling of the eyes to each other, like, can you believe this? She's screaming, the baby's crying again. Or, okay, that's your mom, Jack. All right. So that, you know, if there's a we about parenting and parenting of parents, there's a way. Yes, and, and I, I love your examples, and they're, I'm smiling. They're really terrific. You know, it's true that we have this way of pairing together. You know, I feel it's that, it's that we attitude, and I always tell people, you know, attack the problem, don't attack each other. 
Right. Because when we attack the problem together, we don't, again, like you said, marriage is going to change. I don't mean to say that when you have children, it, it, you're going to have as much sex and time as before. No, that, that's not true. But we can deal with changes if we're working on it together. We can even say to our spouse, look, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that. You know, it's going to be a couple of weeks till I even feel up to going out. But at least you know how much I want to. At least we can do something small right now, have coffee every morning. You know, whatever it is, no matter what's going on in life, we can find some way to let each other know you're a priority, you're the priority in my life. So when I tell people to turn things around, one of the things I tell them is twice a day to initiate an appreciative gesture, whether it's a mm-hmm. phone call and I love you, a text, you know, a flower, a magazine, something that just says, you know, I've summed you up and I'm focused, when I focus on everything, here's what I have to say. You know, thank you. I appreciate you. And, you know, it's a problem. Sometimes I'll have couples and I'll give them a piece of paper and I'll say, I want you to write down all the things you appreciate about your spouse. And I give them five minutes. So they don't need two minutes. They can barely crank out two things. And uh-huh. the same things are always missing from that list. I always say, how about the fact that, you know, she makes a great career, she makes a lot of money, or he. How about the fact that he's a great dad, mm-hmm. or she's a great mom, and they say the same thing. Really? Oh, she's supposed to do that. He's supposed All to right. do that. Mm-hmm. That concept is so deadly that because we're supposed to do it, we don't get appreciation. Only something way above and beyond the call of duty. No. We work so hard. We marry because we want somebody in our corner who sees the best in us and sees that good and not like the rest of the world who's, you know, waiting to critique or get ahead or knock us down. So we have to keep focusing. That's what we want. That's what we have to give. And, you know, Gary, you know, it sounds people can minimize this, but I say in these matters, small is big, really, because we've even seen that when there's a positive exchange, like the kind of appreciation comment twice a day, it has a halo effect. Those couples who remembered and had that in their marriage actually weathered the negative parts much better because they didn't lose the net of feeling, I matter, she appreciates me, he appreciates, okay, so I did this wrong, okay, so we argued about the kids, but that really is a very important net in a marriage. Yeah, it is. And it does help people through the rough times. And it does remind us regularly um, how much we still are focused on caring about each other. I tell people to start doing it. And I tell them, don't tell your spouse you're going to start doing it. You know, when they you know, go to my program where they you know, come to hear me speak or whatever, I said, don't tell them. You know, don't tell her. And guess what? They're going to, I bet you they're going to look at you after three or four days and say, what has gotten into you? You know, but whatever it is, I like it. And that's the moment to say, you know, you like it. I, I, I like, I would like that too. And, and that's the way we show each other how to make things, you know, better in our relationship without slamming each other over the head with a bat and tell them, you know, how critical and how bad they've been. Now, Gary, isn't that one of the first steps in your online program, the expression of appreciation in the, um, 10-session program? Sure. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, it's really, it's so, it's so important and vibrant. You know, I spent my life, you know, trying to help marriages and looking for how, you know, what are the real basic areas to work on? Like, you, you can talk to anybody. You can get a hundred things to say what you should do in a marriage. But, you know, through my research, I'm looking for those very basic things. So appreciation becomes one of them. You know, communication, you mentioned before, and everyone talks about communication, and I was talking about just, you know, generally getting to know each other again. But you did bring up a good point that sometimes when people talk, especially men, um, when they are spoken to, they really don't know what to say. And I Mm -hmm. try to help men understand that their wives are not looking for advice. They're not looking for you to tell them what to do or how to do it. They just want to be heard. So I help people, men and women, in my program just learn how to talk to each other, how to sum up the person's ideas and thoughts, how to, you know, understand them and tell them that you understand their feeling and what that feeling is. As as even just ask follow-up questions, just keep in touch and really try, most of all, to just put yourself in her shoes and try to say how it feels to be her. That's all. 
You don't have to say how you would feel if you were in her shoes. You're a different person. You're leaving yourself, and you're really trying to understand what is it like to be in my spouse's shoes. I don't have to agree or disagree. If she's telling me something about my mother, okay, I don't have to stick up for my mother. I can agree to understand what she's saying. That doesn't mean that if she wants to make a behavioral change, may your mother never cross the threshold again, that I have to agree to that. But I can at least understand her. And when we understand each other, it has this wonderful, magical effect of bringing down the bad energy and really making us feel like, okay, at least you got me. Sometimes we don't even know what to do about it, and we don't have to do something Gary, about it, I'm but gonna, at least I'm, I'm you gonna, got me. Uh, we're going to take a brief break, but Gary, let's come right back to this point. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. Uh, we're here with Gary Newman, and we're talking about applying some of his methods to the repair and the improvement of marriages. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to expand the legacy that you leave behind? Get the inspiration you need by hearing from others who are doing just that. Listen for Your Why with host Nelina Varinas. The show features amazing guests who have saved lives, helped others, and brought forth hope to others around them. By hearing their stories, you can make some stories of your own. Your Why can be heard every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back. You're here with Suzanne Phillips and my guest, Gary Newman. And we were just discussing some of the positive pieces to um, the program, the online program that you can do in your your home. And we're going to be speaking about that. Gary, we've been talking about affirmations, um, positive ways of speaking or speaking in general. And you had some other points you wanted to share. Yeah, so the, the communication that we had spoken about was the idea of being able to really be a listener and understand that we don't have to resolve every problem. Um, at the same time, it usually leads to that. One of the typical things that we found in successful couples, and one of the major markers, was that they are all about resolution. You know, when people say to me, you know, we fought till 4 in the morning, and then we made up and went to sleep, I know what happened. When they fought, it means that they didn't resolve anything, and they just ran out of gas, 
And then, believe you me, a week later, they're even more hostile because the same problem comes up. So my program teaches people to understand each other and then go to the next phase of that communication, which is how do we resolve? How do we get to saying what are we going to do going forward? What are we going to do different that's going to make the relationship better? So, you know, the program, and, and you know, Suzanne, I did this program. This is a video program. It's immediate download and, and has a 277-page workbook. And the reason was because we found even research-wise that, you know, people do not have the time and often the money to go to therapy, and very often they feel more comfortable dealing with privacy issues in their home. And mm-hmm. to have somebody, hopefully like me, who can make them feel comfortable and, and go through these steps um, can really make such a critical difference. You know, one of the very, very important pieces, which is, uh, you know, one of the things I love to talk about and it's important to me, although it's very extravagant and you have to take time, and that's, you know, what happened to you in childhood that helped you develop who you were. So I help people look at who were your parents. Let's really talk about the truth about what it was like to grow up in your world. Were you made to feel loved and wonderful, or were you made to feel neglected or not so good about yourself? And believe you me, that has a lot to do with how you created your marriage and helping people see that and then know what to do about it, how to change and share with their spouse in a way so that you can really begin to develop a much more honest relationship with yourself and your spouse is critical and it's a life changer for marriages. Well, I would say if couples listening have hesitated going to therapy, and usually what happens is the woman reads a self-help book, leaves it out for him, he never reads it. Well, this is having Gary in your home. The privacy there, and I'll also tell you, having done many couple workshops myself, the activities and what Gary invites you to think about, talk about, um, sexually cry, are so interesting and appealing. I would tell you that if you, by the time you got to the second week, if two people were really doing this, and it doesn't even take that much time, um, something different would have to happen between you. It might, yeah, it's that, a small, that's a nice thing, step. that things build on each other, right, Suzanne? So, you know, yeah. we don't have to get to, you know, go from zero to 60. You know, once you in, initiate some positive goodwill, and you want to change and do things together. And these, you know, each online, each video program is 20 to 30 minutes. And then you, you know, spend a little time doing the activities specifically for that. So you learn about each other and look at what each other, you know, share with each other. And that itself causes people to share on such a deep, important, meaningful level. And again, you know, of course, you could say that most women are buying self-help books and they can't always get their husband to read it. But it's very... You know, the written word, and I've written many books, so, you know, I love, I love the written word, but there's something to having, hearing it from someone's mouth and, and doing the work yourself to try to really develop your own understanding of it rather than a one-size-fits-all for everybody. So it's that interaction that really can make such a difference to people. The other thing that I think the program does, and I've seen it with couples, is One of our biggest traps in taking each other for granted is we think we know our partner. We answer for them. We think we know what they would say. We believe we can mind read them. The reality is we don't. And what you start to see when you start to share childhood memories, when you even see a partner try to communicate in a different way, it's very heartfelt. And that's where you see a different side of your partner. Or you see your partner dare to share what he or she would would like sexually, and you dare to share what would or wouldn't work with you, it's a different experience. I sometimes call it the second marriage with the same person, but yeah. it's, it really moves us beyond the taking for granted and assuming we know. Yeah, you know, I tell people that uh, love is in the effort. You know, when we start to change and, mm-hmm. and try to change, you know, a lot of times we're awkward emotionally, sexually, whatever. But the love is shown in the fact that for you, I'm willing to change and I'm trying to change. I'll get there. But, you know, the journey itself is beautiful insofar as we as human beings, you know, what gets us to want to make some change and really go against our grain, that is really that I care and love about what the other person wants and needs. So, 
there's no doubt that we don't have to, you know, strike it amazing right away. We just have to begin. It's just that beginning. If you just get a couple to begin to start looking at these issues. And people do. You're right. People do learn about each other. It's funny how sometimes people will say, 20 years, I never knew that or whatever. And then they start to feel bad. Oh, my gosh. What kind of marriage is it that 20 years we didn't know these basic things about each other and how we really felt? But I remind (laughs) them, you know, like you said, marriage restarts today because we can, we care enough about each other to restart, reboot, and find the right way to really be intimate. That's what real intimacy is, the real understanding and knowledge about who we are. So, Gary, what would you say, and I know you, the program develops before couples approach handling anger, but what would you share with listeners as to one of the methods you use to help people talk without verbally beating each other up? So, you know, it's interesting because in the... With the women, one of the indicators that they were going to cheat and that they were going to get divorced was when a woman would answer, I'm angry a lot. Meaning women who were happily married, they, they said they, they get angry rarely, but women who have seriously considered uh, divorce or separation or have cheated, they get angry a lot. Mm-hmm. So when people are angry, um, the worst thing to do is to engage, feel attacked, and get angry back. There really is something under all of our anger. And anger usually comes from feeling devalued, disrespected, shamed. There's something going on. Unfortunately, it's a terrible way of expressing it because nobody ever listens to anger and really tries to understand you. So, you know, we work with trying to ask people to, you know, actually we have different techniques. You know, one good one, if you have people who fight a lot, is to have a signal word. And the signal word that they make up for each other basically says, I can say this word, and that means that we're not going to, we're going to stop this now, but that we commit to coming back to the topic within a certain period of time. That could Mm -hmm. be an hour, it could be 24 hours. Um, I have people sometimes decide, instead of angrily talking to text the conversation or write the conversation to each other. It's amazing. It's very hard to scream through text. You can capitalize and put exclamation points on that, but nonetheless, <laughs> you can hear each other better when you're writing something. So, you know, there are definite practical techniques to try to immediately reduce it, but it all comes down to what we talked about in the sense of really hearing and understanding each other. So if somebody starts to get angry, if you say, oh, hold on, hold on, I really want to hear what you have to say. Just If you can just calm down and tell me what you really have to say, I'm going to really listen. It, it, it's, it's simple. I mean, it's magic when that happens, and people mm-hmm. really reduce because we want to be heard. We're usually getting angry because we feel like we can't or haven't been heard, and that's what we're trying to do is be heard. And it's nice the, to know that it's very valuable to just be able to say, I hear you. You don't have to have a solution. You don't have to promise to change forever. But even just knowing the angry woman who hears her partner say, okay, I do hear what you're saying, that's a gigantic first step. It does take the pressure off. You know, I, I tell people, you know, if God forbid somebody has a terminal illness and they go and they talk to their friend about it, an hour later that person who has the terminal illness, feels better. Guess what? They're not living any longer. Why do they feel better? Because we, as, a, as human beings, we love to be touched and touch each other. It, it, is the, it is our life. We connect. We connect through love, and we connect to love. And, and that's what I've always been about. I, I love to connect to people and be connected, and we have to make sure that we're taking the time to honor those people who are giving us their connections. Now, Gary, how would people, what's the best way for them to get involved with this program, read your books, learn more from your work and your research? The best thing to do is I got it all in one place. It's called NewmanMethod.com, and Newman is N-E-U-M-A-N. So it's NewmanMethod.com, and there you have the portal to to all good things from Gary Newman. (laughs) (laughs) And let me ask you, if you had to say something that surprised you over all these years and all these couples, what would you say it's been? You know, I'm surprised at how uncommon common sense is. I think that's what it is. I'm surprised that, that people think 
that they're going to not pay attention, not spend time, and think that everything's going to be okay. Kind of the stick your head in the sand uh, and, and it'll be okay. Instead, we get kicked in the behind. So, you know, I just try to tell people, look, in anything else you do, you know, think about your work and your parenting or anything, right? You always put so much focus and energy, and that quality has got to happen for your marriage um, in order for it to be a wonderful relationship. And, uh, and I do tell people, you know, I don't know about fairy tales because there's a lot of complications and it's always an up and down journey because that's what life is. But the fairy tale of having somebody always in your corner that you can trust, it is attainable if we really put that kind of time and understanding the skills that we need. So I kind of tell you one last, one last fun thing for people to do? Real quick, okay. The date night. Go out one night a week for two hours with each other alone, not another couple for two hours. And during that date night, you can talk about anything except three things. You cannot talk about money, work, or kids. People always look at me. <laughs> And then they say, what are we going to talk about? That's all we ever talk about. <laughs> That's a good one. So they can't That's talk about point. money, work, or kids. Money, work, or kids. And you'll be forced after a couple of days to remember why you fell in love and create your own new language at the outside of all those obligations. It's you'll really have fun. Good. Gary, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Always a pleasure. I want to thank our listeners out there. Thanks for, for listening each week. And be sure to tune in next week when author Jane Baker is going to be sharing a very powerful story, The Transgender Journey, when her son became her daughter. Stay with us. Listen in. You can hear any of the episodes on iTunes under Psych Up Live. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please take care. Thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.